And welcome to the Weekly Dish. You're Stephanie March. I am. I I keep wanting to say uh, welcome to Stephanie's Dish, but that would be my Instagram, yeah. not my name. Nope. Nope. And I still like always call out my phone number, so well, I got it all mixed I can, up. In I my continue head. to get birthday wishes for you. So oh, I saw that. There's like at least three people tagged me on my Facebook page saying, hey, "Happy birthday, Stephanie!" And I'm like, Stephanie, <laughs> wrong one. March, March, and Hanson. March. This voice is March. That voice is handsome. But the people do that with Lori and Julia, too, because someone was really? saying something about, oh, it was so fun to listen to you and um, Julia this week. And I was like, nope, that was Lori. Or like Lori was at the cabin and there was a picture of her and Ellie and she was like, oh, look at Julia. I'm like, nope, nope. that's Lori. So wow, it's okay. just what it is. It's not we're not the only ones. No, and it doesn't matter. Honestly, there's no offense. Like, you know. No, no one's offense. mad. Yeah. No offense. So I'm going to good. Moulin Rouge on Sunday, Stephanie. I'm Are very really? excited. Yes. Um, I haven't been to a show like since pre-pandemic. Yeah. And I was a theater kid. Did you buy tickets actually? Or you I doing... did. Okay. I paid for wow. myself, my daughter and her partner, and we're going to go and get all Moulin Rouge. Okay, do it up. All right. Speaking of fun things, we're yeah. going to do the top two an hour two and tell you two Give things we're obsessed one, with. One, two, one, two. And now the Weekly one, one, Dish one, presents one, two, top two, top two. The top two. Pick your best two. In our two. All right. Give me two. With it, with it. Okay, I had a real good drink. I've got two drinks for my top twos. It was at... Or, Pe- anyway, go ahead. That's okay. We could do drinks. Yeah. It was at Petit Leon, mm-hmm. and it was the Strawberry Caipirinha, mm-hmm. which the Caipirinha is the signature drink of Panama. Brazil. I don't know if you know that, and yes. It's it's most... Yeah. I mean, it's South America, America for cachaza, sure. Cachaza. <laughs> which is, is what I put in my bootleg this last... Weekend, oh, do you have cachaça at oh, home? God, yeah. I, well, I don't anymore. Because <laughs> we that. drank through the bottle. Um, it was cachaça is kind of like it's a rum, and it's a little um, kind of has a little bit of a I don't want to say a tequila flavor. I don't think it does. I just think it's got a little bit earthier and less less sweet. But it's got to me. It's and it packs a bigger wallop. Yeah, and a little woody. Yeah, I would say Which, that a little teeny woody. Sure. So. This strawberry drink that my sister would never like order, you know, I was like, this is, you need to order this drink here. Taste it. She was like, oh my God, that's so good. What's in it? I'm like, never mind. It's just the strawberry deliciousness in your mouth. Like it just tasted like you want spring to taste like a fresh little teeny tiny wild strawberry that you lean over on the trail and pick it. That was how the drink tasted. It was so good. Yeah. Um, I also had a delicious wine, but I'm not going to tell it to you because I've been trying to find that wine. And yeah, don't do it until you know. I can I can find it on wine.com, 
but it's like they had eight bottles left and but it was so good it was like this sparkling white chardonnay bubble that was so So great. where was the strawberry thing uh at petit leon at petit leon. in minneapolis okay and did it have a name was it called yeah the strawberry caprina oh, ca- oh that's all Caprinas. i thought it was descriptive okay no, good it was delicious i love that all right i had a new drink last night uh introduced to me by my friday first friday feasting club which is just first fridays we go to different restaurants and the ones that we haven't been to in a while or somebody hasn't been to. Um, and they, some of the girls had had this thing called the Carajillo and it's C A R A J I L L O Carajillo. And it's like, we'd had dinner, we'd had our cocktail, we'd had our wine. We had some Chacalina by the way, which was really great. The Bosque wine, but we were at the end and we were like, we weren't done. You know what I mean? But we kind of were like, it was early enough. We're like, we should go out. We should go one more place. And then we thought we didn't really want dessert, but we thought let's do something at the end. And uh-huh. so we had this drink called the Carajillo and it was delicious because it is espresso. It's like an espresso martini, but it's not. So it's just espresso and this liqueur 43. Do you know about liqueur 43? I do because I had it at Viver and Centro. Okay, so it's it's basically a vanilla liqueur. So it's like and kind of orangey. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's a Spanish liqueur. It's a Spanish, and it, yeah, it does have citrus and herbs and spices. It's a little bit more round. I guess I didn't hit orange, but now that you're saying it, mm-hmm. I can see that. Um, and it is. It's got a nice rounded, complex flavor, and you add that to the espresso. And they shook it so that you got the frothiness on the top of it. Mm -hmm. And it was delicious. So it's not a martini because there's no vodka and it's not served, you know. You can either serve it on the rocks or you can serve it kind of in a little liqueur Where'd you have it? We were at Estelle. And it's not on the menu. We asked for it. So... That was one of those things. You but can it was- get it at Centro. And it's Centro, like, and Viver. Viver is, like, the sh- the side that's, like, the, the shop. Market. Yeah, that's where I had that. Oh, okay. I'm sure you could get it at, at, at Centro, Centro, too. Yeah. But it's uh, but it's called the Carajillo, and I think I love it. <laughs> it was and like- is that the name of the drink, or the liqueur is what? The, name the, the liqueur again. Liqueur 43. L-I-C-O-R 43. That's the vanilla-y sort of you know, liqueur that you want to add to sweet things up like that. But the drink is called the Carajillo. And I think it's, um, it's like a Mexican spiked coffee is what they Yum. think about it. And it's often had like in the afternoon, like right after work. Yes. And then you're like, okay, I'm not ready to like, you know, I'm ready to go out, but I need just maybe a boost. Yeah. And that's what it is. And when you're in like Mexico or Spain, you know, nobody yeah. does anything until 11 o'clock no, at night. Right. So they, they have an espresso time. at eight o'clock because they're up until four in the morning yes. and then they don't like go anywhere until 11. Well, I don't have any coffee effect whatsoever. Like I can have coffee. Still? I mean, like, what do you mean still? Well, it doesn't like, get any better. It doesn't for change. Some, like as a young person, I could do it. But as I've aged, like if I order a decaf and they mix it up, like oh. I lay in bed and think, oh, darn it. Nope. I have, z- I can totally drink this coffee and still go home and have a nap. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. I'm I'm impressed. It doesn't bother me during the day. It's at night, but I start like making lists and I can't sleep. Okay. Okay. Speaking of coffee. Yeah. I went to the Farmers Union, which is the oh, yeah, old cute. Spoon and Stable. Mm-hmm. Or excuse me, no. Old Spoon River. Yeah. And it is in the North Loop and it is next to the Mill City Farmers Market. And I left the show, I guess it was two weekends ago, and I went to there and I grabbed vegetables and i grabbed a state fair nitro maple cold brew oh nice it was just like the state fair delicious just like the state fair and i'd forgotten about it yeah because we we only think about it 
at State Fair, and it was like something that was pre-pandemic that they had had as like a special. Yep. And they have it on draft there, and it's fantastic. Excellent. And just nitro coffee sometimes really work for me. Yeah. I love just like a midday. Mm, it was so good. Yeah. So go there and get that. And also, like, you can pick up um, Fern Fern Farms, the turkey things. Ferndale Fern, Farms. Thank you. You can pick up Ferndale Farms, like, hot dogs or turkeys nice. or jerky sticks. Cute little market there. You can pick up there. granola. Yeah. Local it's makers. Real cute. Yep. It's all good things. I like that place. I haven't been every time. I, the last couple times I've tried to go, it was closed. It's open. They've got all the patio seating out good. there. Okay. It just feels really good. And speaking of, this is a bonus. Bonus. Trey Leche. Yeah. Trey Leche's. Trey Leche's. Has a booth at Mill City Farmer's Market where they're doing these very Instagrammable fermented, flowery, uh, like Drinks. lemonade, limey. Just, yeah, what the are the they is- called? The Ispahan is a flavor that they have that is just this little cute can, little pink, great label. Just delicious. And it's it's like a kombucha, but not a kombucha. It's just a fermented, non-alcoholic drink. And it is super good. And they're serving it with like lavender flowers yeah. in there. And, and it's you can put your gin cute. in it if you want to, mm-hmm. or you can just have it as it is. It's good. All right. My second one is uh, the calamansi, which is an, a Filipino lime. And so when I was making my bootleg mix, I was looking for, I still put in my Minute Maid Limeade because that is such a cornerstone for me. It's a very delicious product too. Yeah. But I wanted to find something. I was looking actually for Yuzu and I ended up finding, I was at the Shanghai market again, Hopkins, Blake road. Um, and I asked, uh, the woman at the, at the counter, I said, do you have Yuzu? She, and I, she said, no. And then I, I had grabbed a small bottle of calamansi and it's just this sort of Filipino lime juice. And it's got, but the, it's kind of got like a little bit of, uh, uh, orange to it. Like mm-hmm. when you cut them open, they look like an orange. Mm-hmm. And it's just, and she's like, I, she goes, Oh, what are you going to do with this? I said, I'm going to put it in a drink. She's like, Oh, I got you. She goes, Come with me. So we go to the back of the store and she pulls out this pure calamansi juice that's been in the freezer section. And it's like, you can like f- these little teeny tiny packets and you just freeze them and they go as like ice cubes into your drink. And oh. it's this like orangey lime ice cube situation Yum. that is marvelous. Okay, I need so to I get will take out a of photo my... of that yeah. and post that for you guys to know because it is these little. It's a yellow pack and it's these little single serve calamansi juice, and I think it's great because then you don't have to have worrying about a bottle going bad because it's open, and you also don't have to worry about the limes themselves going I'm bad. All about it, it just sits in your freezer. And lime is my jam. Like, I know. That is my flavor profile. Okay, we'll grab some of that last time. I, next that time I go. So helpful, Stephanie. I'm telling you. We're going to go ahead and take a break. When we come back, we're going to continue our service conversation that we started in hour one with Ian Lothar from Red Cow and Red Rabbit when we come back. All right. I am welcoming to the program our friend mixologist, Ian Lothar. Hi, Ian. How you doing? Good. I'm good. How are you? I'm good. So I want to set up why you reached out to me. Or have you tell me, because you heard me having a conversation, I think it was a couple weeks back, I was with Julia on the Lori and Julia show here at my talk, and we were talking about service and how challenging it is for the customer from a service perspective, and you heard the conversation, or tell me about how you got wind of it. Um, So a friend of mine sent me uh, the the Spotify link of the podcast, and I I was like, oh, this is just an interesting conversation, because... Uh, rarely do I, like, we talk about service, obviously, in the restaurants all the time uh, with how we're going to approach guests and how, uh, how things are happening, how we're going to re- respond to guests who either have a great time or who don't have uh, a day of a time, making sure that we reach out to people who uh, reach out to us saying that they had a, a lackluster time. But um, rarely do I hear 
uh, people on the kind of the outside, you know, on the on the customer side, talking about service and what their expectations are. And it was just an interesting conversation that I kind of wanted to like be part of, honestly. <laughs> yeah. So I'm glad you reached out because I think we're in a very uncomfortable time because so many of the hospitality folks really just struggled during the pandemic and now we're in food change and uh, supply chain issues and customers are used to pre-pandemic experiences and restaurants are desperately trying to provide a good experience that's post-pandemic and people don't know what the expectations should be they don't know how to act i was saying this we're in a place where the customer is not always right all of a sudden yeah um and i I've actually always had like an interesting relationship with that concept because, you know, we want to be able to, what our whole goal with on the side of service is providing hospitality. And sometimes we need to, we try to say yes and we say yes as much as we, as we possibly can. And sometimes, you know, some requests that guests have are, are either outside of our control or not possible, whether it be like, you know, table waiting times and those kind of things. And so what our goal uh, at Red Cow and Red Rabbit is, is, not necessarily to be like, all right, we're going to make every single thing, you know, exactly how the guest is wanting it right now. But how can we make the guest as happy as possible with making, making showing that Red Counter Rabbit is, is catering to them while still showing who we are? Because, you know, we have an, a vision for our business and we have an idea of how service should be. And the way that I like to talk about hospitality when I do training, um, I was just I'm about to do a bar training right now, actually, but I was doing one the other day. And... We talked about it in that, uh, and part of the, uh, on the Laura and Julie show the other day was that she was sitting in a bar and just not being acknowledged. And that is just a frustrating, uh, aspect to, to service that I think, uh, I think happens way too often. One of the main tenets of our, especially bar services, that people just want to be acknowledged. They want to be said hello to. And if you tell them what's going to happen next, be like, hey, you know, I, like, I got to go right down there and make this drink, but I'm going to be right back. Here's a menu. We're going to be back in just a second. And it makes them feel a lot better. And I think, that's one of the things that uh, is difficult for people right now, whether it's staffing or whatever. I don't like to use that as, as an excuse because everyone has issues with staffing and we can always go out of our way to make the guests feel as comfortable as possible. And so if we have the opportunity to make, make the guests feel like, oh, this person's in charge, this person knows what's going on. Uh, I had some feedback a while, a number of years ago from one of our uh, one of, a guests that was like, I go into lots of different restaurants and there's different rules everywhere. Like, can I sit here? Can I sit there? Is the bar seated or not? And even I've experienced that at this time. I've gone into a couple of different restaurants and one, they sat me at the bar, but from a host, which is the strangest, which was a strange experience to me. Right. And then, uh, Another one I went into, and they're like, "Oh, there's bar seats open." And they're like, "Oh, but we reserved the bar. Yeah, right. right. That table over here." Is driving and me I was crazy. Like, What's going on? Yeah. What I <laughs> what I'm hearing you say, and what I wholeheartedly want to applaud you for, and invite other hospitality folks to consider, is we everyone's aware that things have changed and that things are different. But as the customer, yeah. what's really challenging is you don't know what the rules are anymore. And nobody mm-hmm. tells you what to expect. You're right. If I sit down and you're busy and you throw a coaster at me and say, I'll be with you in a minute. Like, great. I'm fine. I'll sit there 15 minutes yeah. and wait for you. 
But if I'm sitting there looking around and wondering if you've seen me, I'm starting to have anxiety about like, am I going to get seen? Do I need to raise my hand? Do I need to be like, sir? Well, and also because maybe the because the rules have changed and you just don't know, maybe they aren't taking you know orders from the bar. Maybe you're supposed to be sitting at a table or, you know, some people who go in and sit down at a table and they're waiting, waiting, waiting. And no one is like, no, you have to go up to the bar to order. And you know? Ian, yeah. what? is going on with these silly QR codes and can we just be done with them? <laughs> we we only use them for one thing. Uh, now we use them for uh, beer menus because uh, both the Red Cow and Red Rabbit are beer menus changed constantly. And uh, pre-pandemic, what we did was a very, very expensive, a very, very uh, time-consuming, not only on, like, personally my side, sure. but multiple people on our on our executive leadership team that would be driving around menus to our six restaurants and we're about to open a restaurant in Rochester uh, in a month here and I can't print a menu and ship it down you know so um, on one side of it if, if it's a if it's a constantly changing menu like that then I'm all for it uh, on the other side of things like if your menu stays the same it like the the reason possibly is that people don't want to pay for for menu printing. Yeah. But and maybe it's communication really though too. I don't mm-hmm. mind a QR code. I need to go on record and say I don't mind a QR code. And like for revival smoked meats, that's a place that maybe you think would be like a servicing. Well, here's what I love about a QR code in that situation is like I'm gonna order up you know some smoked meats and I'm gonna order a drink or two and then I'm gonna keep ordering and then I'm just gonna go. Like I don't need to have a huge long. No one needs to sell me anything. No one needs to describe anything no one needs to like but when you're at a four-star restaurant this is different this is my point is like revival smoked meats this works for me and then i can do that in a patio situation same with uh the new wakara bistro same thing with them they're doing the exact same gig and i get that and but if you're looking to do a finer preparation on things and things that are not commonly known i mean i get what smoked i get what ribs are you know yeah, what i mean for but sure. like if there's something with a name that i don't understand a ditalini you know obfuscor I'd be like, I don't, what is that? So there has to be well, this. there's a different level of, yes. of use of it too, you know? It's like if you're sitting down and ordering from a QR code, like I personally don't love that. I'd much rather be served. Um, but if you if it's, if it serves a function in your restaurant of like, oh, our restaurant changes daily, like our, our menu changes daily, like that's a good reason to me to use a QR code. But if you're having the same menu all the time, or if you're more of a quick serve spot where you're actually ordering on your phone, that's a they, they all have different uses. Exactly. I think, um, too. Uh, the whole contact, non-contact thing got a little out of hand and moving back to, uh, and from a sales perspective, like, obviously, we want to maximize our sales at the time. And putting a menu in front of somebody is better for that than the other, than having a QR code. And also, like, okay, so I sit down. You tell me here you can snap this QR code. And then when I go to pay, there's a 20% service charge. And like, but some, they're still bringing you food to your table. They're still there to fill your drinks. They're still I there. I get for all that. of that, but I mean, I think it's all about communication. Because if I'm at a nice restaurant and there's a QR code, I still want you to tell me like, what are the favorite dishes, or like, what are? Do you have any specials? Like, I don't expect you to just slap this piece of paper down in front of me and go, "Here's the QR code. That's how you order." Yeah. So yeah, I don't. I, I think that's the whole like culture shift that is not going to, and you said it really well on Lori and Julia, was that we're going to separate the wheat from the chaff. There's going to yeah. be a lot of restaurants that don't, that oh, have attitudes. we like got to cut you off, Ian. Not. Sorry, because we're done. We'll be right back. All right.
right. I'm sorry that we got a commercial that we had to cut Ian off, but I was communicating with him behind the scenes, and he said the only other thing I wanted to mention was that impromptu dining is still alive in some places. Uh, A lot of places aren't taking reservations, and bartenders want to encourage more people to come and sit at the bar and enjoy their service. Because I think we're almost getting trained now that if you don't have a reservation, you shouldn't bother. That's what I was going to say. That was the whole Mara thing. I literally was like, we all were like, oh, the reservations are crazy full. We're never going to get in. And so we just, like, people just don't go. And you're like, wait, and you have to be able to say, ask, you know, like, is bar seating open? And so I'm making a commitment to make sure that when restaurants open, and I know what that is, I'm going to make sure that I say that. that Yeah, because bar seating is the way I like to eat. But for, like, I can tell you, for the last two years, we didn't go places. So now, like, Kurt and I are like, oh, let's go to this. And I'll be like, oh, we probably can't get in. He says we probably can't get into everything I say. Yeah. Because it's like his fallback of just like, oh, well, and then we can just have a pizza instead or... And it depends. You know, it depends on what you want to try to do and how you want to effort things. And, you know, we make reservations. I made, you know, for big parties, but I've also, I do a lot of popping in. Yeah, you know what I mean? I, we, I just do, I give it a try. And I'm not saying that I want to do that, like, bar hop or try to find experiences and be like, well, dang it, nothing was open. I did, you know, we walked into a place and they're like, well, no, the bar seats are all reserved. And I was like, oh, don't you hate I hate that, that for you. Yeah. You know what I mean? But I get it. I hate that for me, but I get it. Like if they're making more money and able to actually operate their restaurant because they know people will sit at those spots. Okay. It's weird though, because never before was bar seating on a reservation system. So you don't know. And then you feel like kind of a creep. You know what I mean? Like there's this weird shift that's happening. And yeah. I guess it's communication is the bottom line it's uncomfortable, for all of it. But it has to, whatever has to happen is happening. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like the amount of team members that they need are, and the ones who are not experienced enough to, to execute to the way that you think they are. It's real rough out there. I know. There's, I mean, Jane Baby has like a lot of job offers. Yeah. <laughs> this summer. So, you know. All right. So let's switch gears and talk a little bit about something that is kind of I, the other thing on everybody's mind as far as it goes in my mind is like gas and grocery prices are, you know. Yeah, really I spent scary. like $500 on groceries up north. Yeah. And I, you know, and I don't want it's like I it's just harder to think about it in terms of, you know, maybe maybe you don't want to maybe this is where you splurge on your groceries. Definitely. If you're listening to Weekly Dish, we know you love to cook. And so, or, you know, love to eat. And so that's kind of a thing. And I was just intrigued by the fact of Bon Appetit had a collection of things that, you know, they called uh, how to cook all-star meals uh, or ultimate guide to cooking well while spending less. How to cook all-star meals, you know, on sort of uh, without blowing your budget. I love it. And I thought about that because I think that's really the key is, as always, is to rethink, not necessarily to have to cut back, just to rethink and get creative and do a little more with different ideas. Um, one of the things, and they have this, I'll put this link up onto the, um, onto the Facebook page. But one of the things that I love, uh, they talk about steaming eggs is a fast track to a cozy dinner. What I want you to think about is like your eggs situation can make, you know, dinner a lot cheaper if that's your main protein, you know? Um, have you ever done steamed eggs? I don't even know. It's no. like Shawan Mushi is a, is a Japanese, ver, you know, steamed eggs. This is something to try. These are beautiful and, and silky and delicious. Huh. And they're just kind of, that's kind of a wonderful way to have like an actual eggs as your main meal, other than just having them fried eggs or whatever. So that's really one thing. Um, one thing they talked about is frozen produce is the real MVP of weeknight cooking. And it's true. You know, if you are, 
have like frozen peas and frozen broccoli and frozen things in the fridge. Those are great. I mean, like the quality of that food is as great, can be as great as, you know, when you buy it fresh. Yeah. And it saves you a trip to the store and it saves you and they're much cheaper than if you're going out to buy fresh all the time. How about this? uh, Three substitutes for Parmesan. Yeah. Because Parmesan's really expensive. So Pecorino Romano. Last night at a restaurant, Grana Padano was on the menu. And my friend was like, what's that? I'm like, cheaper Parmesan. Yeah. And Piave. Yeah. Which is also delicious. That's so great. Um, I like the idea of instant noodles. Like, of course, Mm -hmm. of course, of course, ramen is a huge part of my life. Um, But, you know, there's ways that you can, like, think about ramen and do them up differently. If you're looking for just some little boosting you know, turning them into a carbonara, but you're still using the, like the 69 cent pack of noodles. You don't have to use the the flavor seasoning. You can just use the noodles. You can make them spicy kimchi. You can like skillet fry them. Um, I love this one, the Thai coconut curry noodles. That's really easy. Using a coconut milk and a half jar of Thai curry paste. That's it. Like, and then you can just throw a bunch of frozen thawed out broccoli on there. You know, Is, do you eat chickpeas like in like I feel like chickpeas and beans are my staple of when I'm poor. And beans. <laughs> this is like the beans on the Bon Appetit pages right now are crazy how many bean recipes they have up because they are nutritious. Yep. They're nutrient dense and they're affordable. So they have actually they have seven tips for making your best pot of dried beans. You know, if you want to go that way. But you love beans. You've always loved beans. I do. And I, you know, when Kurt and I first got together, we didn't have five cents to rub together. And we cooked a lot of beans and we cooked our own breads. And I still kind of have that pioneer spirit in me of can't throw anything away and want to maximize everything. Right. Coconut ginger chickpea soup. A can of like coconut milk in your your pantry and a can of chickpeas can really make a million things. Seriously, so many things. And I love the fact of like, you can also sub out. Like when I see this one, lemony tortellini soup with spinach and dill. And I think, well, I don't really want to make, I don't want to have the tortellini or I don't have the tortellini. Guess what? You can use white beans in place of most pasta. Yeah, or just rice. Still get this like the same you know, feeling of fullness from it. And also just, it's or just greens, as delicious. Cause I've got a farm chair and I have so well, many this greens. It has spinach in it. But I mean, like if you're looking for that thing, that's like a, like you're looking for something to bite into and chew like beans versus pasta is, a, I think is like or a, grilled toast. True. Like, you know, if you make sourdough every week, which I've had to take a break cause my loaves were getting progressively worse. Yeah. You needed your juju was off. Yep. Um, scrambled eggs seriously is like, don't deny the fact of if you put a little more to it, if you do like your zucchini, you know, do some zucchini and some tomatoes in a pan and fry that up or scramble that up with your eggs. That's a, that's a whole meal. Here's a weird tip too. When you like, if you order takeout, you know how you always get X, ex- they always give you tons of rice. Yes. Like, save the rice, freeze it. Yeah. And then you just use that with some mixed vegetables from the freezer, a hard boy or a, an egg, a little soy sauce, and you have, like, your own fried rice. Right. Totally. Totally that. We're always that. freezing little bits of rice that are left over in a pan. Yes. Yeah. And you think about, like, um, if beef is too expensive for you right now and you're not doing that. You know what we did the other day? We bought... Um, I had a bunch of ground pork and ground chicken and those were in my freezer. But then we made, I made kind of meatballs with that, but I made these little sort of meat logs almost really. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I did them on the grill quick first and then I warmed them up in the oven and then I just, we had lettuce wraps and I had this, but I had kale 
I had these big kale and Swiss chard leaves, and we did that, and I took a bunch of herbs, and then a little Yum. bit of hot sauce and like chili crisp. That's it. Yeah, and we that eat was like those we a ate, lot too. Yeah, and it just is fresher. Anything you can wrap in a lettuce leaf. Anything you can wrap in a lettuce leaf. And you can great. do that same thing with chickpeas. Yeah, you can. You can like 100%. just put them in a pan and like heat them up or get them a little toasty or a little crisp if you want. Yeah. And use that instead of the meat. Here's the thing too, tin fish. Like mm-hmm. let's talk about sardines and I like tin fish. I mean anchovies. Anchovies, you guys what will What is boost. it? Buca. Bocarones. Thank you. Yep. <laughs> um those kind of things will absolutely Smoked oyster? Yeah. And you can use those in any sort of way. You know what I mean? They boost your flavor so that if you're just having eggs or you're just, you know, you don't have a lot of, or you're just doing beans and then you add that umami and it makes you feel like you're having something sort of a little bit more fancy. Here's another one. If you don't want to buy a loaf of bread or like maybe you're, there's whatever, but like a different way of thinking about things is making crepes and wrapping things in those. We make them all the time. And, you know, you have six eggs, a cup of milk and a cup of flour. You can make like 30 crepes. And then what we do is like, and I use like whole wheat or sometimes I use buckwheat flour just to give them a little bit more savory quality. And then um, I wrap, I melt cheese and mushrooms in there and then you put an egg on it. Or You know what I mean? And then that's like a whole dinner. To put an egg on anything, yeah, really, if you are someone that has people that don't eat eggs in your life. I'm sorry. That makes it hard. It is it's like a frittata too. Oh God. Yeah. Any amount of leftover, anything can go in the frittata right. and throw a little Parmesan cheese on the top. And it looks like you have a homemade gourmet meal. And I've been buying prosciutto and then you mm-hmm. take a slice out and you just like cut it up into little strips and you crisp it. And that is like, I mean like that feels like a bacon moment that isn't less than a, it's healthier for you too. You know what I mean? It's, yeah. Less fat, I should say that. But it's definitely, you know, buying like a giant slab of bacon now is like 11 bucks versus if you buy like a $5 little pack of prosciutto and you just use it for like whatever you're going to, whatever you want to hit with a little bit of salty, you crisp up that prosciutto in a pan and it feels real, it feels real fancy. And I, I like think it. the trick to making that you like buy, you make meatballs like chicken meatballs, turkey meatballs, lamb meatballs, whatever, bison. Like at fresh time, you can buy all kinds of these funky proteins and you just mix them up into meatballs that you just have them in the freezer. Yeah. And a couple in a sauce, a couple in a soup, a couple in a lettuce wrap. I love this one that they have an article here called 73 Five Ingredient Meals for Minimalists with Big Appetites. Because that's the thing to me that like, yes, I could just sit and eat like lettuce and a couple pieces of prosciutto and, you know, sometimes... You know, but like the idea of like, what are some easy things that you can do? There's only a few of them, but you can feed somebody who's really hungry because, you know, when Jake's home, it's like I have to like think of a meal Yep. instead of it being just like, hey, I'm going to eat this can of beans, you know, with like some lettuce and some shallots on there. So, you know, thinking about different cuts of meat and thinking about that kind of thing. I think, too, here's the secret condiment, friends. Sliced radishes, sliced jalapenos. You can even put them in the same jar, mason jar. Put some distilled vinegar that you heat up over it, a little bit of salt, and just let that sit in your refrigerator. And every wrap, every bowl, every quesadilla, every taco, having that like pickled vegetable yes. takes this like leftover situation and makes it feel like something fancy with a hit of fresh herbs. Yeah. And let me give you the last one that I think is really important is remember rice is the number one product in you know, a lot of countries for a reason. It's economical. It's filling. It's good for you. It's easy. You get your Instant Pot going. You do quinoa. You do rice. You do a grain. You batch cook it on a Sunday. You know, a ton of it. You keep it in the fridge. Half and cup portions. Just... Anything that you have, you can add a couple cups of rice and it helps fill you up and it's it's affordable. 
There, there you go, kids. The there it is. Good cheap food lesson right there. We're just trying to make it easy for everybody. So we are uh, we're thinking about that for everybody. So there you go. We are going to take a break and we're going to come back with we're wrapping it up, right? Yep. All right. We'll be back. All right, it's the Stephanie's here, and we're here with Weekly Dish. Thanks to Hornitos, Knob Creek, and Maker's Mark for presenting the show for you today. We do have a couple questions that came in. We have a question from Joni that has a service question. Hi, Joni. Hi. Which, what can uh, we help you with? My, my a, a question slash comment. Um, about a year ago, my husband and I had dinner with a couple of friends at a restaurant, and... When we get there, it's like you're supposed to take out the phone and use the Q&R code that's already on the table somewhere. And I know you were talking about that um, a couple of segments ago. So we, you know, we get the Q&R code. We figure out what we want to, what we want to eat. We tell the server. We get our meal. At the end of the meal, and we ask for separate checks because it was two couples. We get our bill and there was on the bottom this MC charge. And my initial reaction was, are they, maybe this is a charge for using a credit card, but they don't know yet how I'm paying and we're not really given the option to like pay cash or something. What was it? And well, I asked the server and she said it's a medical charge or something. And she said that a lot of restaurants, and this this restaurant was in the North Loop, and she said a lot of restaurants are doing that, adding a fee to help pay for the medical um, health insurance or whatever it is, medical something for the servers. And I kind of thought, well, that's okay, but, you know, I never, I never, I never saw it on the menu and looking at a Q&R code, I couldn't see that. And, you know, when we're kind of planning what we're going to eat and what we're going to pay and we already know we're going to pay a 20% tip and now this is on there. And the little receipt at the bottom um, will say, here's, you know, what, what, big of a tip you want to do and we always do 20 percent i could tell i did the map the 20 percent included you know 20 percent on this mc charge yeah i get that restaurants are hurting and i'm willing i'm I'm willing to pay whatever is you know charged for the meal and i like to give 20 percent and i'm one of those that likes to give 20 percent on the pre-tax one and i'll bump it up a little bit in case the server gets charged for yep. you know a percentage of what i because i paid on credit card why you know i want to i want to know what i'm paying for and i wish the restaurant would have made that more clear rather than a qnr code where i couldn't really see yeah that's a really good menu. point thanks shoni and i appreciate you know yeah go ahead, sorry that's okay i appreciate you calling in because it is hard to see all those disclosures on a qr code menu yeah well they so. should put a little they should put a little thing at your table then uh, Tina has a question about low protein or vegan dinners. Hi, Tina. Oh, hello. Hi. What can we help you with? Well, um, I've got a very close family relative who's got a metabolic condition where you don't process protein. Okay. And have her over a lot. Um, and everybody thinks, oh, vegan. Then they give me dishes with beans, right? Yeah. And that's high protein. So aside from just making straight out of vegetable dishes with fake cheese <laughs> a lot any ideas um i mean just like so you're looking for i mean like you're just i mean just vegetables are gonna so you're just yeah. saying this without so vegan dishes without beans is what you're looking for well without or whatever else adds protein oh. we're talking low protein like can have seven grams a day oh. so I think about eggs. I mean, I eat, you know, everything. So Honestly, the answer to that question, if you're <laughs> limited to seven grams of protein a day, 
Yeah. You're getting that in those vegetables. Well, so the gets, answer is there supplement. is no more. There's a supplement that it's a protein. But anyway, so any, I mean, main course vegetable dishes is what I'm looking for. Main you know? courses. Okay, wait. I mean, you're going to be adding grains. Let's see. So, yeah, some are higher in protein than others. Right. I, I think like zucchini. I mean, like, you know, you. I think you kind of have to think about in terms of like taking your zucchini. Actually, actually, what we just talked about is like doing your zucchini into strips and doing an eggplant. I and, and quite honestly, I don't know the the protein content of each vegetable. I'm saying, There's but more than... I would start with a list of 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 the protein content. You know, the low protein foods, and then I would yep. go from there. Zucchini is one of those. You know, you could make zucchini eggplant stacks. Yep, you could wrap it up and do the the you know in there or the you, your zucchini quinoa, fries, your quinoa lasagna, cauliflower nuggets. Just do the cauliflower with like a little bit of the hot sauce. And you know, the bake those. Breading. Make those okay. or not, yeah, and then you know you can do onion rings. You know those are kind of like you could do kind of a an onion. Uh, God, onion soup would be good. Too, although that's beef oh, she broth. loves onions and mushrooms. I do a ton of stuff with portobello mushrooms. Oh, that's just, great because you could do portobello you know, steaks this weekend, and then the portobellos. For, you know what I mean? So yeah. I, just, I would do right. the cauliflower steaks. You know what yeah. I mean? Those oh, yeah. are always great because they sort of give you that. Or cabbage steaks. Cabbage steaks are great too. And uh, all on the Brussels. Grill, would you say best on the grill? Yep. Yep. Okay. You just cut a huge plank and olive oil, salt, grill it, and then have a little bit of a like a chimichurri or some kind of a sauce. Papaya Wait, you salad. Said cauliflower. And what was the other one? Cauliflower and cabbage planks. Oh, cabbage. No, that I wouldn't have thought of. Yeah, that's a good okay. one to slice it up like mm-hmm. a big old sheath. Okay. Well, right. that's some ideas. Thanks. Good Thank luck. You. Good yeah. luck. That's a hard one because seven one. grams of protein is like nothing. You I get know. that in vegetables. Sweet potato, I think. Oh, you yeah. know what I mean? Bake a sweet potato mm-hmm. and put some. Uh, just herbs all over it. That Herby would be herbs. nice. That'd be nice. Stephanie, what are some locals to love as we wrap up the show today? Uh, and if I said out loud how good your Minneapolis St. Paul magazine 50th anniversary was. I don't know. I mean, thank you for that. Because that is going to be at the cabin all summer long for my guests to enjoy. Oh, to know 50 years of the Twin Cities, right? Yeah, it was just really an excellent issue. And I know how hard you worked on it. And I enjoyed it very much. There's a lot. Hey, I wanted to shout out to Jester Concepts, by the way, who are uh, taking a stand against the gun violence. Thank God. I know. And they said for the month of June, we will be donating a portion of our sales to the National nonprofit every town every town is made up of more than eight million mayors moms teachers survivors gun owners students and everyday americans who have come together to make their own communities safer and i'm i supported every town as well and like how about we everyday americans are just like our neighbors our people like we don't no one's trying to like take away your second amendment right we're talking about reasonable safety yes measures and jester concept parlor manello Constantine, P.S. Steak. So if you go and dine there, know that a portion of the sales is going to go to every town, which is wonderful. Thank you. That makes me want to go there. I know. Um, okay, so we haven't even talked about this, and we're going to have to talk about this on another show. But Molly Ye is <gasps> opening a restaurant. She in town? No, up in Great East Grand Forks. Oh, nice. She's the cookbook Molly, cook. what is her name of her cookbook? Molly on the farm yes. or something like oh, that. Oh, I love her so much. I do not. And I'm a little bit like, I, can't, I have to figure oh, out why I'm so like, bugged by it. I'm super bugged. Okay. Can I'm we super bugged because she's it? a New Yorker who is like here to do all of her stuff and to tell Which us how to do it. I get that. And That's I kind of want to pat you on the back for supporting the hometowners. But I know. Yeah, let's bookmark it. Cause I know. We ha- I need to learn more. I got to get some more information. I just saw Eater put up a thing. Of course, 
They don't go to like the local press to tell us about it. They go to the national press. This is part of my problem. This is part of my problem. Yeah. He's like, not not me personally. I don't care. Give it to the strip. Give it to anybody else. But I'm just saying. How about Rick Nelson leaving the strip? Well, he's been going I just for like still a year. would like to say goodbye, Rick. Thank no, you for your service. Me too. I absolutely believe that he did some wonderful, wonderful things by writing about restaurants in the way he did. Yeah. In print. Celebrating the, for the eaters and the industry. Get print alive. Keep print alive. Please. Um, open streets is tomorrow, by the way. On Lindell Avenue, yep. It's like, that's going to be huge. Tons of people are going to that. Um, I love the fact that there's no grand old day, but there's grand mediocre, mediocre old parade. day. <laughs> that is my favorite thing that I saw this week. I love a little passive grand aggressiveness. day. Let's go celebrate. Let's do it. All right, everybody. Have a great weekend. Go plant your stuff and get Enjoy out there. Enjoy your farmer's markets and have a great weekend. Ciao, ciao.